Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Well, good morning. Um, I want to welcome you today to this uh, place of worship. Um, and today we're focused on uh, something that, that we do annually. Um, I don't know if you've been here for previous Sundays that have focused on our missions partnerships, but that's kind of what we're doing uh, today as we uh, invite a, a missionary guest this evening, um, as we uh, promote the alabaster uh, offering that we're doing. Um, but it's a day for us to intentionally remember and to, and to reflect on ways in which we've partnered in missions with uh, just a, a number of different ways, um, but also for us to be stirred by new ways, to work into the mission of God and, and to see ourselves as invited into that place of, of serving others, uh, of sharing the message of God's hope and God's love uh, for the world, uh, and, and asking what does God have for us in the future, uh, not only individually uh, but as a church, but not only just as a church, but also individually. Uh, in many ways, our missions weekend, for at least for me, will always kind of help me mark the days of COVID, which is an interesting correlation to make. It was it, it, it was missions weekend two years ago um, that we almost canceled. Uh, we had uh, heard about coronavirus, and it was just a new thing back then. Um, and, and if you were here, we had invited a missionary to come and speak to us. He came on Saturday night, came on Sunday morning. We had flags around the, the sanctuary. You might remember, remember that. Um, and, and I didn't want to cancel on the missionary. I didn't want to be like, well, we're worried about this. We don't, want to, we don't want to move forward. So it was during that service, that Sunday morning, where we announced that we would kind of go virtual for a while, starting with services the next week. Uh, so for me, it, it's the two-year two year anniversary of this crazy ride um, that we've been on uh, the last 24 months. Well, last year, we took a couple of weeks to focus on missions partnerships. Um, first week, we invited a representative from Boise Angels um, to share about the mission of serving foster kids and their families in this area. The, the reminder of that weekend was that, that missions happens here. That missions isn't a thing that just happens in, in the wide world, but there is a mission for us here. Uh, it was an amazing reminder that, that we all have the chance to serve around our homes and in our communities and in our neighborhoods uh, here locally. The next week, we, we dedicated one week to kind of our global focus in missions, um, uh, talking to one of our, our missionaries, Monte Sear, who lives in Guatemala serves our, our Mesoamerica region in the Nazarene Church, which is kind of Mexico and Caribbean and down into Central America, and actually uh, three countries in South America fall into that 
world region. But missions has this dual focus. Missions has this dual focus. Part of it is local, and part of it is global. It has this dual emphasis and dual, dual purpose. Since then, since we last had our missions partnership weekend, we've had three different missionaries who have come and shared with us and given us updates. Uh, we had the Goosen family last, uh, it was like late spring, early summer, and then we had uh, the Stricklands come from Africa uh, and give us an update, and then we had the Lucianas that came and, and gave us an update. They had been here in the spring of 2019 previously. Um, and we need to continue to lift up those missionaries and to pray for them. Um, we, uh, particularly for Travis Strickland uh, and his health journey, um, he has uh, continued treatment for an aggressive brain tumor, um, and he has a whole Caring Bridge website. And if you uh, would like to to follow along with him and with his family during this this process, uh, contact the church office, and we give you get you connected to that to that website. He he basically returned to Africa from being here in the states, and where he he. Uh, stopped with us in Mountain Home, and then as he arrived, uh, experienced some symptoms and then discovered this tumor. Um, and you can follow their journey, but, but be praying for the Stricklands uh, and their family. Some of, some of you know them, know their family. They lived here in Mountain Home for quite some time um, and were part of our church. We're also hoping for an update later this month from the Lustanias, uh, just to how, how God's working and how God's moving uh, in their ministry. And we hope to, hope to bring that to you by the end of the month. Through our uh, denominational connections, we give regularly, and, and as I try to say, as sometimes as we take an offering, uh, we at our church think missions is so important that we give a portion of everything that we receive to missions. We're currently at 8%. We set aside 8% of everything that we, we get and say that the mission that God has in this world and in this community is important enough that we're going to set aside um, money right off the top. Uh, why am I saying all this? I'm saying I'm giving you kind of an update, kind of a picture of how we are connected uh, to missions. And I think it's important not only to, A, be invested as a church in missions and serving those around us, both globally and locally, but also I think it's important, B, to, to be aware of the ways and the extent of our generosity. We are, we're a generous church. We're a generous church. Uh, I took time this week to calculate how much we did give, okay? Um, well, we set aside 8%, um, but over the course of this past year, um, because we had some money that was designated for missions giving, we gave over 10%, 10.7% of what we brought in this past year we've given away in missions. Is that something to celebrate? Yes, it is. Amen. Absolutely. I think that's something to celebrate. We are involved in the mission of God around this world and in this place. And that's important to me. That's important to me as your pastor. I hope it's important to you that you attend a church and are part of a church that is involved and connected to missions. Tonight, we're going to welcome another couple who are serving in the Africa region of our church. I want to invite you back tonight at 6 p.m., um, where I think we're going to have some 
light desserts, if that's going to entice you a little bit. Um, Errol and Rhonda Karam, from, uh, they serve at Africa Theological College, South Africa. And they will be coming here to share about how they're training up ministers to go and serve in their cultures. You know, we've learned some things about mission work over the course of the years. That, that missions isn't necessarily us going to other cultures and figuring out. There's so much time spent trying to get to know the cultures that we serve in. We don't come and, and bring our culture to them and say, this is how you do it. Instead, the Church of Nazarene's focus has shifted to training those who were raised in those cultures, how to minister, giving them theological education, trying to train and equip them so they can go back to their own cultures and talk about Jesus to their people. And Rhonda and Errol are on the, on the front lines of that at Africa Theological College. So um, I know there's a little football game going on. Um, you'll be able to catch up afterwards. So um, we also hope to have, uh, we'll have preschool and nursery available for kids younger than, than kindergarten if, that, if that's a help to you and to your family. Well, all of this serves as a way too long introduction. Uh, in preaching course, they never say, take this long on introduction. But that's my introduction for our message this morning, um, and we are going to get to the Word. So I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 2, or if you have a device, you can turn there. Isaiah chapter 2, we're going to read the first five verses there as we reflect on who God's calling us to be uh, in these mission partnerships. I invite you, those who are willing and able to stand out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, a reading today from Isaiah chapter 2. This is what Isaiah, Amaz's son, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, Come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, house of Jacob, let's walk by the Lord's light. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Well, today we, uh, we find ourselves back in the book of Isaiah, uh, which is kind of awesome for, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's kind of in line with our Old Testament study. So if you've been joining us on Wednesday nights, uh, we've had some great discussion about the Old Testament uh, in, in our Wednesday night study. If you haven't, you're welcome to come Wednesday 7, 7 p.m. Um, but we, we also spent a couple of weeks um, in the book of Isaiah, kind of the latter part of Isaiah, a few weeks ago in the beginning of January. So we, so we kind of might remember it a little bit for, and remember a little bit of the, of the context. But just to recap, Isaiah prophesied to the southern kingdom of Judah. The, the God's judgment was on the way, but his, his prophecy was not just a message of judgment. As so often was the case, it was also a prophecy of hope that partnered with judgment came hope. Eventually it came to pass, and, and, and our readings uh, in January from, were, were from the latter half of the book, when, when Jerusalem had been exiled, carried off to Babylon. Um, 
And some of that judgment had come to pass. But Isaiah never loses this picture of hope. Now, our, our, the first part of the book, Isaiah one, uh, chapters 1 through 39, um, is where our reading comes from today. Uh, and what they do is, is paint this contrasting picture of Jerusalem as it, as it currently is versus a new picture of what God is calling Jerusalem into. It's, it is in this new Jerusalem where we see a picture of all that God's people are meant to be and meant to do. And that's a little glimpse of what we catch here in, in Isaiah chapter 2. That God's telling us what life will be like. What the kingdom of God looks like and what, what it can look like and what it will look like and what it ought to look like in Isaiah chapter 2. Now clearly in, in Isaiah chapter 2 there's this eschatological element to it. Now that's a really big word. I try not to use really big words. Eschatological, what does that mean? It means pertaining to or referring to the end times. When Jesus comes back a second time. Um, and, and the most popular part of this passage or the passage that I probably hear the most is, is found in, in verse 4. In verse 4, it says they, they, they beat their swords into plowshares, their, their spears into pruning hooks, is what it says in the NIV. That there will be no need to train for war, and peace would be established between the nations. Clearly, <laughs> we haven't arrived. Clearly, we haven't got there. This is still in process. This is still where we're headed. This is still a picture of the world to come after Jesus comes back. Because we're not there. It hasn't quite happened yet. I talked briefly about that Old Testament class. We just had this great conversation this last week. Probably some of the toughest chapters in the book, for at least for me, to, to kind of process through. But we talked about, one chapter was about the wrath of God that we see in the Old Testament at times. Um, and the second chapter that we talked about was, was the violence that we see uh, sometimes in, in the Bible. Not necessarily just the Old Testament, but the New Testament. But that was in the class, and you got to come if you want that stuff. But it was a really good conversation um, by a bunch of people who probably don't quite agree on everything, but love Jesus. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But as I read this famous passage, it correlated really well with this picture of God that was, was really brilliantly, I think, illustrated in this concept that was pointed out. You know, we have these concerns about uh, the wrath of God that we see sometimes depicted throughout the Bible. We have this, uh, this, this sense of, uh, I have this sense of uncomfortability with some of the, the violence that's portrayed. But when we think about the long narrative of God, I want you to go all the way back to the beginning. That God planted us in a garden. A garden that was peaceful, a garden that provided for our needs, a garden that was untarnished by sin and pain. And the Bible also gives us a picture of what's to come in the new Jerusalem. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. And here we see the bookends of our story, the very beginning and the very end, a place of peace, a place where swords and spears are not necessary. And we're caught up in the middle. We're caught up in the middle where God's purposes are not 
perfectly played out in our lives. But we know where we've come from, and we know where we're headed. And we believe and we trust God to take us to that place, to, that, to the end of the narrative, that new heaven and a new earth. And we're, we're a people that are in the middle. Um, and, and every effort towards peace and love is an effort to bring about heaven here on earth, that we participate in bringing heaven to this place as we fight for those things and as we work for those things. There's this overarching picture in the, in the Old Testament of, of Israel being a witness for God. Israel was designed, Israel was meant to be this little place that called out a different kind of living, a witness to the nations, compelling them to come, to join, walk alongside of Yahweh and this world that he has created. And that was God's heart that was evident in Isaiah. Did you catch that in verse 2? He says, all nations, all nations will come to this mountain. Verse 3, many nations will go and say, this is the Lord's mountain. We sometimes get this picture, I think, of, of exclusion in the nation of Israel. Israel first, Israel against everyone. As we get to reading uh, at least this description, the prophet seems to be saying, in the last days, in the days to come, as we get closer to God's intent for our world, it will be established. God's mountain will be raised up to this position of, of honor, to this place of recognition, and the nations will come. They'll have this place of, of honor and nobility and be exalted. The challenge for us today is, is found at the end of the passage in the form uh, of an invitation. The, the last verse says, Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. That's us. That's us. This isn't divorced or, or divided from, from what he just wrote. This is the message of Isaiah continuing for us. What is this life that he's talking about? He's not talking about some enlightenment. Ooh, I figured out how to achieve world peace. No. It's not some enlightenment. It's not some higher plane of thinking, not some ethereal thing out there. We long for the peace that's described. We long for, for disputes to be settled. We long for swords and spears to have no purpose anymore. Here's the invitation for us. Let us walk toward the new reality that's described in Isaiah. Let us walk towards that each day. Let us walk in that light. I want to tell you... I. I, I took too much time, according to my preaching professor, in my introduction, because I'm incredibly proud of our church and our participation in all the different ways that we have opportunity to participate in mission. But, but the mission of God always calls for, for a greater participation than money and sending a check and being involved in, in a group that's headed towards serving the world. But it calls for my participation. 
It calls for me to walk in the same light. As one who, who is adopted into God's family, adopted, adopted into the descendants of Israel, the house of Jacob, we must walk in the light to our next door neighbor, to our classmate, to our coworker, to our neighborhood, to our town. <laughs> you say, preacher, you don't know my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you're right, I don't. But missions aren't truly missional uh, until it settles deep into our soul and to our spirit. It, it gets a little more difficult there. It takes effort and intention. But I think that's the invitation that Isaiah wants to give up to us today. Come, house of Jacob, let's walk by the Lord's light. Let's be the Lord's light for the city of Mountain Home. Amen? Let us tell of his good deeds. Let us work towards that peace. Let us work towards that place where swords and spears are no longer needed. We can simply be the house of Jacob, the people of God in this place, to this town, to our neighborhoods, to our classmates, to the people that we see each and every day. That's the kind of missions partnership that we're all called to be a part of. Amen? Amen. And I invite you today to just see yourself as a part of God's work and bringing about God's kingdom in the world in which you live. Uh, as we uh, offer a benediction, I invite you to extend your hands just as this physical reminder that we receive this prayer today. And perhaps this will sound familiar. In the last days... The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Even the nation of Mountain Home, even the nation of your neighborhood, come, descendants of Jacob, people of God, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.